I don't know many people with type 1 diabetes who are not perfectionists. But I want to try to frame perfectionism for you from a different light. Perfectionism is a form of control. And people with diabetes feel that if they're able to be a perfectionist, that they call themselves a perfectionist, what they're saying is, I want to, I need to be in control of my life all the time. Welcome to the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Heyman, and I invite you to join us as we talk candidly about the emotional challenges of living with type 1 diabetes. We'll give you actionable strategies to help you face these challenges head on, reduce your stress, and most importantly, live a full life without letting diabetes get in the way. Hey there, welcome to the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Heyman. On today's episode, I'm answering your questions. As always, you guys send me tons of questions about diabetes and mental health, and I want to make sure that I have the opportunity to answer those questions in a really intentional way. And so today, I'm dedicating this episode to Ask Dr. Mark, where I answer your questions about diabetes and mental health and give you some tips that you can use in your life with type 1 diabetes to help improve your mental health. So without further ado, let's get started. This person asks, why is it that I can't sleep well with type 1 diabetes? That's a great question. And in my opinion, sleep is the one part of diabetes and mental health that we just don't talk enough about. People with type 1 diabetes have trouble sleeping. And this is for a couple of reasons. The first is because blood sugars cause challenges, and especially with the advent of CGMs and insulin pumps, while they're awesome, they can also cause some sleep challenges. Alarms going off in the middle of the night let you know when your blood sugars are out of range, and I don't think that any one of us would not want that to happen. Knowing when your blood sugar is out of range can be super helpful in making sure that you feel good and also making sure that you stay safe. But at the same time, these devices make noises, and these devices can wake you up. And when people wake up, it can be challenging because, one, you're tired, but two, it can make it really hard to go back to sleep. Sleep can also be challenged with type 1 diabetes because, as you know, diabetes causes anxiety, and you can be really worried about your blood sugars as you go to sleep and when you wake up in the middle of the night. So I know a lot of folks who have a lot of challenges sleeping because they go to bed with a blood sugar that's in range, but then they start to worry about what happens if I go out of range in the middle of the night. And those thoughts kind of get going for them, and it makes falling asleep really hard. So when we talk about sleep, we have to talk about both sleep because of diabetes and because of the blood sugar issues, but also sleep because of anxiety. And sometimes those things come together and they get really intermixed, and so it's hard to separate them out. But in order to focus on sleep and figure out how to sleep better, you have to be able to understand what is causing your sleep challenges. When we think about sleep challenges, there are a couple different things we think about. One is trouble falling asleep. So going to bed and then just laying there and not being able to fall asleep. Another is being able to stay asleep. So waking up in the middle of the night, when you're not able to stay asleep throughout the night, 
That's trouble staying asleep. And then the third issue is trouble falling back asleep. So if you wake up in the middle of the night, of course, in an ideal world, you'll be able to fall right back asleep. But sometimes, especially with type 1 diabetes, it can be really hard to fall back asleep because your blood sugars are out of range and you don't feel great, but also because you start to worry about what happens if my blood sugar goes out of range again, and that anxiety can make it hard to fall back asleep. I want to give you a couple of really practical tips that you can use both with your diabetes management and also with your anxiety to help you to sleep better with type 1 diabetes. And if you want more information about this, I did a whole podcast episode about sleep and diabetes back in July of 2021, which I'll link to in the show notes. My tips about diabetes management really focus on making sure your blood sugars are in the best range possible before you go to bed. And that involves a couple things. The first is try to avoid eating a couple hours before bed. That gives your blood sugars a chance to stay in range and become flat without any kind of variables playing in there. And so when you go to bed, you can be confident that your blood sugars are in range. And as long as your basal rates are set correctly, you can be confident that your blood sugars will stay in range for most of the night. Also, you may want to consider talking to your doctor about changing your alarm settings on your CGM if you have one throughout the night. If your alarms are waking you up on a regular basis, of course, you want to work to make sure your blood sugars are in range and so the alarms don't go off, but you can also consider changing the alarm settings so they don't wake you up so often. You can raise up your high alarm so it goes off at a higher level and doesn't go off as frequently after you correct. You can also lower your low alarm, although you want to be careful there because you want to make sure that you're alerted when you have a low blood sugar. But changing your CGM alarms can be a helpful strategy for some people to be sure they can get better sleep with type 1 diabetes. Also, of course, you want to make sure that you are practicing good sleep hygiene in general. And this is true even if you don't have diabetes. So for example, make sure your room is dark. Make sure that the temperature in your room is an appropriate level. Also, it can be helpful to have a bedtime routine where you go to bed at the same time every night and have a routine before bed that gets your mind and body ready for bed. And then waking up at the same time every morning as well can be helpful. Getting in habits of good sleep hygiene are helpful in general, but especially if you're having challenges sleeping, they can get your body prepped and prepared and ready to make sure you get the best sleep possible. Now, what do you do if you're feeling anxiety about sleep? It's a great question. A lot of us feel anxiety uh, both before we go to bed, especially if we have insulin on board or we've eaten recently. And then, of course, if you wake up in the middle of the night with an out-of-range blood sugar, the anxiety can really be ramped up a lot because you're worried about your blood sugar, but also you're worried about the next day and how your lack of sleep may impact you. I want to just say that, first of all, your concerns about sleep and anxiety around sleep are normal, and they're not completely unfounded. You know, diabetes and sleep can be challenging and it can be scary because the last thing you want to have happen is to go low in the middle of the night. So if you are anxious about your blood sugars as you go to sleep or in the middle of the night with type 1 diabetes, just know that those fears and those worries are normal and many people have them. And actually, we want you to be a little bit worried about sleep because we want to make sure you're safe. And that anxiety can show you that you're working to keep yourself safe. So if you are feeling anxious, one thing you can do is make sure that you remember the past. The past is the best predictor of the future. And ask yourself, when is the last time that you have been in danger? When is the last time that you have had a dangerous situation in your sleep with type 1 diabetes? And for most of us, the answer is not very recently or not ever at all. 
So if that's the case, then remind yourself that you've had the opportunity and you've been able to take care of yourself when things have gone challenging in the middle of the night with type 1 diabetes. If you're in a situation where you have had a dangerous situation in your sleep with type 1 diabetes where you've gone really low, and I will count myself as part of that crew because I have had that situation, one thing you can do is remind yourself that you are now better prepared to take care of yourself. Those experiences are really scary, and so it's normal that you're going to be anxious about sleep in those situations. But if that's happened, I'm sure you made some changes and that you put up some safeguards around yourself and your sleep in those ways. And so remind yourself that you have the ability to take care of yourself. You have a CGM, hopefully. You have a, you know, someone in your house who can help you. You have ways to take care of yourself. And hopefully that can reduce your anxiety around your sleep. Again, I would really encourage you, if you're having trouble sleeping, go back and listen to the episode that I did before with a sleep psychologist who really hones in on some strategies that you can use to help you sleep better with type 1 diabetes and help you see that even if you're having trouble sleeping, that that doesn't have to impact the rest of your life. Yes, poor sleep can cause some challenges, but at the same time, it doesn't have to be the big barrier that sometimes we make it out to be when we're worried about not sleeping well. This person asks, how do I let go of my perfectionistic tendency with type 1 diabetes? Let me just say, I don't know many people with type 1 diabetes who are not perfectionists. But I want to try to frame perfectionism for you from a different light. Perfectionism is a form of control. And people with diabetes feel that if they're able to be a perfectionist, that they call themselves a perfectionist, then what they're saying is, I want to, I need to be in control of my life all the time. And especially of my blood sugars and of my diabetes. And that makes sense. Diabetes takes a lot of control away from you. It means that you have to use insulin. It means you have to check your blood sugar. It puts a lot of barriers in your way. And so, of course, you want to try to regain that control. So calling yourself a perfectionist and having perfectionistic tendencies is a great way to try to regain that control without actually saying you're trying to regain control. So as we reframe perfectionism as a way of controlling, ask yourself, why do I want to be in control so badly? What is it about my life and diabetes and how diabetes affects me that makes me want to have that perfectionism, have that control? And that answer can give you a great clue to how you can let go of that control and let go of those perfectionistic tendencies. The other question that I want you to ask yourself is how successful are you with your perfectionism? What function is it serving for you and how is it serving you? If you call yourself a perfectionist, how does that improve your diabetes management? But also, how does it take away from your ability to focus on other things in your life, other things that probably matter a lot to you? If you're constantly focusing on diabetes because you have a need to be perfect with it, which by the way, perfection with diabetes is impossible. I don't know one person who has perfect blood sugars or perfect emotional health or anything perfect with diabetes. Perfection is an illusion. But we have to ask yourself, you know, what function is that serving and at what cost? 
And what would happen if you were perfect with your diabetes? Then where would the perfectionism go? With these things, there's always a cost to it. And so getting in your mind that you are a perfectionist, that you have to be perfect, um, has a lot of downsides and not a ton of upsides. Because let's be honest, you can actually have really good control of your blood sugars and not be a perfectionist. And I think that one of the challenges that we have, especially with CGM, is this constant data flow. And a constant flow of data actually increases our anxiety and also increases our desire for perfectionism because we want that flat line, we want that immediate feedback if we're doing really well. And when our blood sugars go out of whack, we get that immediate feedback that we're not doing well and we don't like that feeling. But also we have this thing, we have this new metric called time and range. And I think time and range is really helpful as long as we see it in the right light. So the research shows right now that if you have a time and range of above 70%, what that means is your blood sugars are between 70 and 180, 70% of the day, you're doing really, really well. If you have a time and range of 80% or higher, you are a rock star. And if you have a time and range of 90% or higher, I'm not sure who you are because I've never met you. Now, if we see it in that light, we can see that, you know, the diabetes becomes a lot easier, but perfection is not possible. But also what happens is we compare the time and range metrics that we want to hit to grades in school. And I don't know about you, but when I was in school, if I got a 70%, that was a C minus. That was not a great grade. And so if we equate time and range to grades in school, then we're seeing this in a skewed way. And we're seeing in our perfectionistic tendencies kind of bubble up to the surface. We need to see this in context. And so seeing if you're able to have 70% time and range, you're doing awesome. Pat yourself on the back and give yourself a high five. If you're above 70%, you're a friggin' rock star. So have a party. But this isn't school. This is diabetes and this is your life. And so you want to do the best that you can, but also we want to be able to balance your quality of life with your diabetes management because they're both equally important. And so when your perfectionism starts to get in the way of your quality of life, that's where the problems start. When perfectionism or control starts to consume you and you really dive into it and don't have time, energy to focus on other things that are important to you, that's where problems come in. That's where the emotional health challenges of type 1 diabetes come to play. And I want to encourage you when those perfectionistic tendencies come up and you start beating yourself up for not having perfect diabetes management to give yourself some grace to recognize you're doing the best that you can. And the best that you can includes both with your blood sugars as well as with the rest of your life and making sure you're living a life that's active and that you're enjoying and not being so hard on yourself with your blood sugars. Because when you try to control these things, when you try to control your blood sugars to the nth degree, you find this just not possible. You get more and more frustrated and then the perfectionistic tendencies just start going up and up and up. You get to a point where you have expectations for yourself that you can never achieve. And that's the last thing we want to have happen for you. We want you in a place where you can find success. And success and perfectionism with diabetes are not the same thing. You can be successful without being perfect. I promise you that. This person says, I feel like type 1 diabetes has sapped all the joy from my life. 
how can I find joy in my life with type 1 diabetes? First of all, let me say, I'm so sorry to hear you're experiencing this. The last thing we want is to have anybody not to feel joy in the life of type 1 diabetes. Yes, of course, diabetes is challenging, but those challenges do not have to sap your joy. You can still experience joy while living with type 1 diabetes. Here's what I want you to do. Take out a piece of paper and a pen and write down your answer to this question. Why does diabetes sap my joy? What is it about living with type 1 diabetes that makes it challenging or impossible to feel joy in my life? Take a minute and write down your answer to that question. I have no doubt that you found one or probably many reasons why diabetes and joy seem incompatible. But I want to flip this question on its head and ask you a different one. What would your life look like if you had the joy that you want in it? Write it down. Dream big. Don't worry about diabetes. Don't worry about why what you're dreaming about feels impossible. But just write it down. What would life look like for you? What would you do? How would you feel? And how would you be in the world? And now once you've written that down, I want you to ask yourself, are any of the things in that answer that you just wrote down possible with diabetes? And if so, why? And if not, why not? What does a person who experiences joy do? How are they? And how can you be that person with type 1 diabetes? It's a different way of thinking about it. Because so often when we're trying to find joy with diabetes or in any area of our life, we say, what do I have to do? How do I do it? How do I check this box and make it happen? And the question I'm asking is a very different one. It's not what do I do, but how can I be? I have this challenge of diabetes, yes, and that challenge is not going away. But how can I be in the world and find joy even though I have diabetes? It's possible. But what it takes is a mindset that shifts from doing to being. And when you're able to be and create the person that you want to be, then diabetes is there, but it doesn't have to stop you. It doesn't have to get in your way because you can be with diabetes and you can be joyful with diabetes. But it takes believing that this is possible. It takes having a mindset that it's possible to be joyful with diabetes. Because if not, you're going to end up fighting with diabetes and holding your joy hostage to diabetes and to the feelings that you have about diabetes. You say, the only way I can feel joy is if I don't feel this way or I don't feel that way. And those are great aspirations, and I hope we can get you there. But at the same time, what happens if those feelings never go away? And what happens if diabetes never goes away? Does that mean that joy is impossible for you because you're in the chains of diabetes? I hope not. But if you get in the mindset that's the case, then you have failed before you even started. And you're going to have a hard time finding that joy because that barrier is in its way. If you ask yourself, who do I need to become in order to find joy, even though diabetes is there? It takes the equation of diabetes out of the picture. It doesn't make diabetes the barrier. It makes it just part of the equation. And with that, you're able to find the joy you're looking for, even though diabetes is there. 
And so changing that mindset, changing the way you think about what's possible and how you find it can go a long way to helping you find the joy you're looking for in your life with type 1 diabetes. Thanks so much for listening. For more resources, you can visit www.thediabetespsychologist.com and be sure to sign up for the email list for access to exclusive content. I'm Dr. Mark Heyman, and tune in next time for the latest episode of the Diabetes Psychologist podcast. That does it for this episode of the Diabetes Psychologist podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. If you enjoyed this podcast, please do me a favor and send it to a friend. I know that other people with type 1 diabetes could really benefit from listening to this podcast. And the best way to spread the word is through you, my listeners, telling your friends with type 1 diabetes the value that you get out of it. So please send a text and an email right now to a friend with type 1 diabetes who could benefit from this podcast. And of course, I always love hearing from my listeners. So please send me an email to mark at thediabetespsychologist.com or DM me on Instagram. And please let me know if you have any other questions you want me to answer in a future episode of Ask Dr. Mark. And of course, be sure to tune in next Thursday for a brand new episode of the Diabetes Psychologist podcast. Remember, type 1 diabetes is not easy, but you can have an easier time with it. I'll see you next week, same time, same place. Bye for now.